everyone. Welcome to Health Addicts. Remember, this show is just for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about anything related to your health, gotta ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, enjoy the show and enjoy the content. Man, how many carbs are too much carbs? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I even supposed to be taking vitamins? I guess I better listen to The Health Addict Show. All right, everybody. Welcome again to another great episode of Health Addicts. My name is Tommy J, and I'll be your host today. And we got a great episode for you today, and it's all about burns. And I think this is a great episode because everyone kind of has a great understanding of burns. I mean, they do not feel good when you have a burn, whether you're cooking or you're working on something that's mechanical that got really hot, or maybe you stuck something where you shouldn't have stuck it—an electrical socket when you were younger. Or maybe you're cleaning or using a cleaning product that is very acidic or maybe alkalitic and give you a really bad burn. So burns are kind of something we can all talk about and think about because we kind of have some perspective on it. So let's kind of hit this right out of the gate. What is a burn? A burn is damage to the skin by either heat, chemicals, electricity, or radiation. Now, obviously, you can burn other parts of your body than your skin, but I kind of just want to keep this more to about the skin because that's where you're more commonly going to have a burn from. So the main focus of this podcast is about burns and damage to the skin. And mostly with heat and chemical burns, the burns can be pretty well evaluated because there isn't much penetration power than what you see. So what you see is what you get versus a radiation or electrical burn. With a radiation or electrical burn, these have a higher potency and able to penetrate much, much deeper. So you really don't know the extent of the damage until after the fact because radiation depends on how much power the radiation has or the electricity, how much voltage it has. It has a potential to cause a lot more damage than just a surface damage that a heat or chemical burn would cause. And before we kind of talk about burns on the skin, let's kind of just give a brief overview of skin. Skin is the largest organ in the body. It's the biggest. And because it covers our entire body, it's a protectant. It protects our body from foreign objects and also helps regulate our temperature. So not only is it protecting stuff from falling out of us, it's protecting stuff from getting into us and also making sure we don't lose too much body heat. So the three layers of the skin are the epidermis, which is the most outermost layer. It's pretty much the tough waterproof barrier that creates our skin tone. The dermis, which is right underneath the epidermis, It contains the connective tissue and hair follicles and sweat glands, more of the process of what our skin actually does. And finally, there's the subcutaneous layer or the sub-Q layer. And this is more of fat and connective tissue or sometimes it's called the hypodermis. This is the lowest layer of skin. And now that you got kind of a better idea of what makes up your skin, we can kind of talk about the degrees of burn because that's how it's usually ranked. We tell how bad a burn is by the degree of burn. And the first degree burn is usually just the top of the epidermis. It's very mild burn. Um, This would be characteristic of a sunburn. It's red and dry. It might have a little bit of swelling, but there's no blistering. It's just topical and very mild pain. And a second degree burn is the one that does penetrate the dermis. It goes through the epidermis and to the dermis. It becomes red. It can become blistered. Blisters can even pop. It's much more painful. You can definitely tell the difference between a first and second degree just because now you're having some blistering. 
A third degree burn though, on the other hand, is much more dangerous. This one now extends through the dermis into the hypodermis or the subcutaneous layer. So now you've gone through three layers of very, very deep amount of skin. And this can be told by its white look and its texture because there's so much damage that happens to the skin during a third degree burn. And this can be, it's so fast when it does happen. It's not just such a slow burn. Usually it's a very hot contact that causes such a deep burn. Also with a third degree burn, some damage can actually be permanent. And just when you think there's a third degree burn, there's actually a fourth degree burn. And that goes all the way through all the skin and even starts getting to the muscle. And this is really bad. It's charred brown and black. And there's actually no pain to this because you have burned off the nerve endings to that area. So even though you think that's worse, it actually goes to a fifth degree, which you've burned all the muscle off, and a sixth degree to where you burn into the bone. And again, this isn't painful as per se to the area because you burn all the nerve endings, but this is super dangerous now because you've actually opened up an area and caused so much damage that the body now has to respond and repair this, which is really hard to repair. It's more likely that you're gonna have permanent damage at this point. So now that you kind of have an understanding of how we gauge a burn, now you're gonna look at how the health professionals actually gauge the entire burn as an entire process. So the first thing they actually check for is the actual total surface area of burn. And this is done by using something called the rule of nine which I'll let you guys kind of look up, but the more basic simplified form is that each extremity is worth a certain percentage, just as much as your head is, the back, the stomach, the legs, everything has a certain percentage amount. And they use this guide to measure how much surface area was burned and to what degree. Let me kind of give you a quick example. So let's say you had a burn on your leg, but it was the entire leg was burned. All, let's just say second degree. It got splashed with some hot, um, soup while you're at work and both the front and back were burned so since the front area is worth nine percent and the back area is worth nine percent you have a 18 percent total body burn and this is kind of super important guys because health professionals want to know how much of the burn has affected the body and they want to know percentage because there's certain things like skin graphing and measuring the actual burn that tells the health professionals so much and one of them is the bile score. So what they do is they take the patient's age, time, or not times, plus the percentage of burn, and that gives them the score of how survival the burn is. And let me tell you, it's actually a pretty high score. So let's say if you were 60 and you had 80% burns, you would have a score of 140. And 140 is the past the point of survival. So it actually takes a pretty high score to get to this point. Two things are different though. If a patient is over 60, they tend to have a harder time surviving from a burn. And if less a children is 100% burnt, then it should be considerable a survivable injury and all things will be attempted. So now what's the biggest issues that burns cause? And the first thing is infection. So your primary barrier is gone now because you have a burn. So bacteria and viruses have a higher chance of getting into the body because it, the skin is burned away from a certain area. The second thing is burns are painful because not only could sunburns still be burning because their process doesn't stop just automatically, burns go deep and burns can be adjusted and moved with skin because skin gets tightened, fluent shifts, um, people have to debride wounds so then they're scrubbing and taking away all the dead skin. Sometimes they have to be grafted so they're taking skin from another place so you have another contact of pain. Burns are painful, probably one of the most painful things on the planet. 
The second thing is body temperature. Depending on how much surface area someone's lost because of burn, they might have a tough time regulating their body temperature. I don't know if you've ever had a burn and then you start having a cooling feeling going across. It's because your skin holds the heat within like an insulator and now that insulation's gone so heat has a way to be released. The fourth thing is fluid loss. Because your skin is also a barrier for fluid, fluid is now going to go to the area to help cool down the area, but you're also going to lose a lot of insensible fluid because the skin doesn't keep it in there anymore. And this can lead to a lot of issues, including low blood pressure or hypotension, as we call it, or hypovolemia, which is low fluid amount. Also, the loss of your electrolytes that help your body work in its full process. So one of the hardest jobs a healthcare worker actually has is maintaining a person's fluid balance and making sure that they don't become electrolyte deficient. So they have calculations for it. I can go into it more later, but they definitely have calculations to have a better guess of how much water loss you're going to have. Another problem you're going to have is you're going to become malnourished because not only is your body trying to recover, it's using a ton of nutrients and resources trying to repair that skin and all the other organ problems that it's having from the burn. Burns take a lot of energy and your body needs a lot of nutrients, high caloric diet to help repair all that skin and it needs to do it fast. So a lot of times if you have a burn, it's good to get a lot of calories in, especially protein to help rebuild the skin. And the last thing is kind of has to do with the actual skin integrity because scar tissue gets a little bit more rigid and depending on where it is, it could even be by joints. It can give you joint and bone problems or just the overall rigidity makes it tight and limits your mobility. So burns are not comfortable. All right, so let's say you're at home, you're cooking some meal for your favorite friend, and all of a sudden, some of the oil spills out and gets on you, and now you have a big old burn on your arm. What do you do? The first thing you're going to want to do is get that under cold water. Cool off that wound. If it's cleaner water, the better, because the less chance of exposing it to bacteria, the better. Don't try to stick it in pond water. I mean, if you have nothing, then you got to do what you got to do to cool down the wound. But try to get some clean water and cool it down. Don't put direct ice on it. And the reason we put cold water on it is because the heat follows the cold. It's a great rule of physics. So by applying cold, the heat's gonna be drawn out of the burn instead of continuously burning the area for a longer period of time, increasing the damage amount. After some really, really long minutes though, now you wanna actually clean and dry the wound and not use something that's gonna fall apart. Gauze is better because it's not like cotton. Cotton doesn't get into the wound. You don't want something that's gonna stick to it. So you wanna get some antibiotic ointment and some gauze and put that on top of it. Now this is a lot different though if the burn is very deep or has become third degree because you have to seek medical attention, people. You can't say, ah, maybe I'll wait it out. If you have a charring white burn that comes right after you have burned the area, it's time to get to the hospital because it's going to have to be cleaned. And you're increasing your chances of infection so much more by not getting it checked out in the first place. And this can be a case for some second degree, especially if the surface area of the burn is much larger. General rule of thumb is if it's larger than your palm as far as a second degree burn or the blisters are bigger than two inches, you definitely want to go get some medical attention. Because they also have some other stuff they can give you. Um, Silvadine's a really good product. It helps. It's a bacteriostatic, meaning it doesn't have growth in it because of the silver inside of it. And it also helps the skin heal just a little bit faster. So even though it might be, eh, I don't feel like I should. Sometimes it is good to get some medical attention at some of the burns. But 
definitely if it's bigger than your palm it's definitely a good choice to go in some other reasons i'd say go in is definitely the location of the burn let's say you didn't get your arm let's say if you got your in your face your eyes your ears um, sometimes your hands and feet are even bad areas or the genital area you want to go in because these are very sensitive areas and could cause more damage than you think because they're very specialized areas also if you're having signs of infection as in getting red and swollen it could be a chance that you have an infected burn and you're going to need some good antibiotics to treat that. Also, burns continue to burn even after the effect. So maybe the burn wasn't so bad the first day, but the second day it got really bad. So if the burn is worsening over time, it's definitely time to go get it looked at. I know we talked a lot about heat burns, but this kind of goes for chemical burns too. You want to get the chemical off of you that's causing the burn. And that can be with washing off, especially if you have like a good towel, you can pat away the chemicals that are on top of it and then wash it off. Another rule of thumb is to try not to pop those blisters. I know it's tempting and it's cool to see them ooze, but it's actually creating an opening in your skin that is an infectious sort. And who knows what you're popping with too. You might have something on the device or your fingers that you're trying to pop the blister with and you can increase your chance of infection just from that. So either use a clean utensil that's been alcohol prepped or heated so it's sterile or let the professionals do it because you shouldn't be popping your blisters. Another good one too is if you have rings or watches or anything else that's on your hands that got burned or anything that's restrictive, you might want to take that off because burns are going to swell and the skin's going to get inflamed and once they start inflaming, the immovable objects that are around them are cut off and cause constriction and actually can cause compartment syndrome if it's worse enough, especially rings and hand burns. You got to get the jewelry off. The last thing I ask of you, just take some pain medication. I know some people are tough or they forget about it, but take some Tylenol, acetaminophen, or take some ibuprofen or any kind of other NSAIDs because it's going to be painful. Burns are just painful. They suck. Take something to decrease the pain, okay? And if the pain is still miserable, it's probably a good idea to get checked out too, but try those first and the recommended doses. Don't go crazy with the doses, but no, it's going to be painful and you should take something for it. Now, this is a pretty important subject, and house fires are super dangerous just because of everything that goes on. You have carbon monoxide buildup, your decreased oxygen, and you have a flame source and heat source and gas and everything else that's going on. But the biggest thing that people forget is you can get an inhalation burn, and that's where you breathe in the heat so bad that it scalds all the way down your trachea. And it's very common. It happens. So if you're in a house fire, you definitely should go to the hospital because there's a good chance that right now you're okay, but as the burn worsens, your airway could close off. So always get checked out, okay? If you're in a house fire, always get checked out. All right, so this last section, it may not be as important as the other things, but I just kind of wanted to hit the subject itself because skin graphing is so cool in itself. You take skin from another area and harvest it using a dermatome or you can use a scalpel too, depending on how much skin needs to be taken. But you take pieces of skin from other areas that are unburned and replace it for the area that is burned to heal. And it's such a cool idea because now the skin barrier is replaced. Even though it hurts and it takes time to heal, you're going to actually have your own skin healing itself and it'll decrease the amount of time it takes for the process. Once you get a graft, it usually takes about one or two weeks for the donor site area to heal and about three to four weeks for the burn site to heal. Not all the way, but enough to where it's a usable skin. 
but I won't get too much detail. And if you want to hit me up and ask more questions, I definitely get into it more because I've seen a lot of it in the burn and trauma units that I've worked in. But definitely a cool subject. I know there is still help for those third degree and higher burns that need replacement. But that's it, folks. You are burn experts now. So go out there and share the knowledge. Um, if you have any more questions, like I said, hit me up on Health Addicts and any of the social media platforms I have. And I'd love to hear from you, okay? Stay healthy, stay addicted to your health, and have a great day.